Wedding, ish, 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 with Jove. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. I hope you had a wonderful, love-filled, chocolate-comed Valentine's Day with someone that you love, or friends, or family. This episode, we are so excited. We're going to be talking a little bit about weather and how to plan for it for your big day. We, of course, have our Real Housewives Roundup. We're a couple of episodes behind that we'll catch up on. And then I sit down and chat with the beautiful and creative Susie Saltzman, the amazing ring designer. Enjoy. Weddings-ish. Whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot, we'll be together whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Um, That is what comes to mind every time I think about weather and a wedding day. We'll be together whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Uh, I will say that the second part of that is what I wanted to chat about today, the weather for your wedding day. Whether you live in New York City or anywhere else, you always want to have a backup plan, a plan B. And while of course we all dream about the most perfect weather for our wedding day, whatever season you're in, whatever dream that may be, you just want to be prepared with the ever-changing world that we're living in. Um, The climate patterns are changing. You know, it's snowed um, in California recently, in Northern California, where like typically that just doesn't happen. Um, It's getting colder in places that aren't as cold and hotter in places that aren't as hot. So you just really want to be prepared. And the last thing you want to do in your wedding day is be so disappointed because you, you don't have the weather that you expect for your photos or for your ceremony. So always have a backup plan and go in and think about everything that's in an outdoor space as a bonus. And only think of everything in the indoor space as a guarantee. And when you think of it as a bonus, then on your wedding day, it's just that. It's a bonus. It's not a disappointment or a letdown if you can't have or utilize the outdoor space. That being said, if it's just a light rain, then buy cute umbrellas. Be ready to go. You can always return them if you don't use them. If it's a light snow, maybe you can have beautiful heaters and a heated tent. There are many ways around the weather um, to still achieve your dreams and visions for your wedding day, but just be prepared and ask all the questions and make sure you love the space inside as much as you do outside so that if you're married inside, it's not a total bummer on your wedding day, but just a sort of special moment and you, you won't be surprised whether or not uh, the weather has sort, sort of destroyed your wedding, quote unquote. I don't think weather can do that, but some people become really dramatic and obsessed with the wedding. Also, don't check the weather every single day. Don't even check it six months out. Don't check it a year out. Don't check the farmer's almanac for two years out. Check your weather the week of your wedding and that's it. Check it the Monday before your wedding and you'll be fine. All right, stay warm. Weddings-ish! The Real Housewives Roundup. Well, we have moved on from Pantygate. No offense, Erica, I love you, but it's time to move on. And that we certainly did. Eden is stirring up so much drama among these women, particularly Kim, and she's trying to be her sobriety sister. And I get that, and I think it's really beautiful, and I think it's really nice. But the problem here is you don't know her that well. You don't know her history. 
And all these other women are sort of influencing that on you, especially Lisa Renna. She, this season, is Little Miss Gossip. She's going around spreading rumors, saying things that are and aren't true, and planting seeds in the minds of others about other people, particularly um, Kim, which is so sad because everybody's rooting for you, Kim. Um, we're so thrilled you're still sober and living your best life, and we all want that to be the way forward. And I think Eden, you know, could be a great influence on her, but there's so much drama between them. And now her sister, Kyle, is so mad at Eden, and it's sort of like everyone's mad at the wrong person. Lisa's stirring the pot. Eden's trying to help. Kim is being like, get away from me, new bitch. Like, I don't know you. You don't need to be my sobriety guru. You don't know my life. And Kyle's just crying and wanting everyone to be happy while she's living her beautiful life in her homes all over the world. Um, the agencies opened in Mexico. That house was incredible. What a stunning vacation that they had. And then, of course, they left us on the edge of our seats about what's going to happen next in that moment, you know, when... Um, when Lisa arrives to Mexico and everyone sort of ignores her. I mean, the, the tension is there and I get it, but I think, you know, they're trying to make something out of nothing, really. I really was hoping for more for this season. Um, the ratings are pretty steady, so I can't really say that other people aren't watching. Um, I just want more. And the teaser about Erica, you don't know what I go to bed with every night in tears. So dramatic, but I hope it's going to be a real authentic moment instead of, you know, they did that sort of teaser about the accident on the water with the jet skis. And really Erica was just going real fast and fell off into the water and got back on and everything was fine. But they sort of like to dramatize these moments so that you're so excited about it. Um, and I am, I'm interested to know what's ahead. Um, other than every single night there's a party at somebody's house and every party's out doing the other party. I'm a little sad Kyle didn't have her annual white party, but that house is stunning that her husband is selling and I would definitely have a party there. But the fact that the food wasn't out and the heaters weren't on, I mean, get it together, Bravo. Who are you hiring? Like cheap fake planners? Like get a good event planner. There should be heat. There should be food. There should be a good bar. No questions asked. Absolutely all of that should happen. So I hope that these ladies come to their senses and hire a professional planner. Uh, and yes, I am available. Anyways, we'll keep watching. We hope you're enjoying. And Greece, oh, I want to go to Greece so bad. It was so pretty. I want to live in that house and be around Greek men eating tzatziki and living my dream life in Greece. So hopefully that will happen soon. Weddings-ish! I couldn't be more excited than to be sitting across from the beautiful, elegant, and so creative Susie Saltzman with a T. How are you? I'm so well, thanks. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me in your beautiful home. You are very welcome. Um, and Susie, what do you do? I am a fine jewelry designer and I specialize in custom engagement rings and fine jewelry. So everything is one of a kind. I work with private clients only. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very creative process and a lot of client involvement. Yeah. And your work is so beautiful. Thank you. And it's so like simple and chic <laughs> and your apartment is the same. Oh, thanks. It feels like you are your brand. <laughs> oh, that... In terms of what's out there. I appreciate that. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you're very welcome. So I want to get to know you. We are going to sip some champagne and just chat, which is so fun. Um, jewelry so specific. Were you always obsessed with jewels or how did that happen? I remember as a young girl, I think as 
actually quite a lot of young girls remember their childhood. I was always digging through my Nana's drawers of jewelry, uh-huh. mostly costume jewelry, but I just loved it. Loved okay. to like pile it on, feel like a lady, put on lipstick and okay. just dress up. Um, and, you know, I, I remember that as a child, but growing up, I don't really have these other memories of, you know, being like super into jewelry. I kind of studied sure. something different in school, um, but I do as a child remember really Putting on Nana's jewelry, big, gaudy, chunky jewelry. Oh, yeah. The bigger, the better. I never... My mom didn't have jewelry. I may have put on... I think I tried to put on a dress or two. High heels? Mm, Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll plead the fifth on that. I don't remember, but... So that's interesting. So that was your initial entry into sort of being fascinated by jewelry. Yes. But you didn't go to school for jewelry. I did not. I actually finished college at FIT, and I studied fashion merchandising. Okay. Um, and I thought I wanted to like go into apparel or do some sort of like manufacturing and product design. Uh-huh. And my first job out of college was doing product development and packaging design for a cosmetics company. Oh, really? Yes. What kind of cosmetics? Uh, we were doing like lotions and like uh, fragrances. It was pretty much like high volume, low quality, nothing that fancy. Got it. But it like was really that, creative. Like- like the Bath and Body Works yes. kind of store. Yes, similar to that. So in that world, you're designing packaging mm-hmm. and like the on the bottle, the bottle itself, the shape, the pack, the like label on it, and the yep. box it comes in. Yeah, and even like the the bottle, like contouring. It was very creative. Mm-hmm. I loved the product development process of yeah. really like putting pen to paper, seeing something come to life. Uh, we got to work with a fragrance house, and I was like naming these lines oh, and these wow. collections. It was super creative, but I just wasn't that passionate about the cosmetics and like the lotions. So interestingly enough, I started like beating jewelry at night. By really? Myself. Like, um, like for your own? Yeah. Like I would watch TV and like. Was it therapeutic or just like you needed to be busy? Exactly. It was okay. totally therapeutic. So yeah. I'd like watch TV and like string beads or like do wire wrapping. And I just kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and it passed the time. So I was like, I want to learn how to make real jewelry. Okay. So I started taking classes at night um, on the bench making jewelry, which is like old school, traditional metalsmithing. Yeah. Um, And I applied for a job at Tiffany's, not thinking anything of it while taking these classes. Like on Fifth Avenue Tiffany's? They're corporate offices. So I got the job, which was like this incredible- Such a stretch, yeah. Yeah. Um, And that was really like helped my career take off. I mean, I didn't know at the time I was like- 20-something years old, like Mm -hmm. two or three years out of college, but my boss was wonderful and I got really lucky and got to work there for many years in product That's development. That's amazing. So yeah. you were designing rings or what does that mean? Like work? Cause they have a whole other slew of jewelry, not just rings. Exactly. Right? So they, I mean, the company is massive. They're brilliant. I mean, yeah. they're like a heritage traditional brand. They've been around for a long time. Um, and I was in product development and project management okay. of their engagement rings and their okay. wedding bands. And then I was part of launching their yellow diamond collection. What's a yellow diamond? It's a yellow diamond. So it's a yellow colored diamond. People call them canary diamonds, but it was like this big launch that they had maybe back in like 2010, maybe 2009. Is it a cheaper diamond or? More expensive because it's more rare actually. Oh, that's so funny. I thought everyone was obsessed with clarity, which would mean clear diamond. Well, there are colorless diamonds, which are like graded and the rarity is actually based on the absence of color, but once you get mm-hmm. past um, Z, which is the, the color scale for diamonds, uh-huh. then they become fancy yellow diamonds and they're more rare, so therefore oh. more precious, more valuable. Okay, so the canary or price. yellow diamond is fancy diamond. Correct. <laughs> which fancy is why Tiffany yeah. launched it. Yep. Okay, so you worked in their production office, and does that mean you were sort of concepting rings, or what is that, like were you at 
getting to be creative with shape or cut or style, or was it more sort of administrative? Um, it's a great question. It was somewhat creative, I think just due to the, again, like the heritage and the, the brand itself, it's quite traditional. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a very like heavy design focus. We could execute new styles just by working with our vendors. So, Mm -hmm. um, we would really lean on them for their expertise and guidance, um, and give them kind of stylistic direction or visions. And then they'd sometimes help us flesh out some of these designs. We had a design team there too, that would be responsible for exclusively what they did. Exactly. And I was more in the, I was in development. So I would be kind of the liaison between, um, manufacturing and design and everybody else. So I worked with the vendors all the time and, it was great because it's kind of like all the behind the scenes information yeah, of yeah. how you get this ring right. to market. And we were like engineering rings, building rings. It was like very, probably much more like detailed uh, than most people would want to be, but it uh-huh. was fascinating. I loved learning about it and it okay. was just pretty incredible. I'm really lucky. Yeah. To, to have been, been able to and you were there. at Tiffany's for how long? Uh, just short of five years. Oh, wow. So really a substantial amount of time. I was. Okay. Yeah. So from body lotions to fancy uh, rings. Yeah. And then what happens next? Um, and then I left and worked for a costume jewelry company. So grandma came back. <laughs> Nana came back. She sure did. Um, Bigger and- is better. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I learned a lot, which was incredible. And my uh-huh. business just kind of happened... It was like a happy accident. My now brother-in-law asked me to help make my sister's ring. Okay. And I just kind of like hooked him up with the people I knew in the diamond industry. With the like the people I had known from my days working at Tiffany's and handmade her this incredible ring. It's still like one of my favorite rings to date. Yeah. Um, And it was years ago, like probably eight to 10 years ago at this point. So like similar, my first wedding was about eight or nine years ago for my best friend. I love that. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do your wedding. Oh my gosh. I've never done it before. But I bet it's, yeah, I know. I was, cause people think like, oh, for me, they're like, well, you work in diamonds. You should know. I'm like, uh, uh-huh. I know how to like do production, volume sure. production for a huge company, but like but to make one ring yeah, your it's, way, it's different. Um, okay, but how fun that it was for your sister. Yeah, very. So special. then, was it a surprise? So you had to keep Total. a secret. Oh yeah, I'm a really good secret keeper. Are you? I'm gonna keep that in mind because I'm not good. <laughs> well, for the I record. will keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I really up. Oh, I'm good at secrets, but I like to tell one or two people. <laughs> As long as you trust those one or two people. I know, and then they tell one or two people. Oh, of course. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so your sister, Mm -hmm. your brother-in-law came to you and said, I want to marry your sister. I want you to make a ring. Don't tell her. Yeah, and he was like, can you just help me? And it was so... I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going then to. say it. <laughs> I remember I had a wad of cash because we were like buying the diamond Diamond cash, district. And yeah. it was... I literally got on like the Fifth Avenue bus with, with like a lot of cash. Of and I was cash. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Play it cool, so like yeah. you can't let anyone know. Nobody that you knows have all this except money, for you. Right? But I remember. I mean, it's so funny how things change. Now it's like you're not even phased by these things. But sure. at the time, I just had never done it before. Yeah. Um, and it's all new, and it's. I mean, it's a lot of men in the Diamond District. Oh, totally. And you're like a beautiful, tiny, blonde oh, female, thank you, thank so they you. don't take you seriously. Well, that's true. And you're like, I want to buy diamonds, <laughs> so they're like, Target, 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 <laughs> <laughs> raise the rates, raise yes. the rates. I mean, thankfully, a lot of the suppliers and people I work with are like longstanding connections, so sure. I have good relationships with them. But 
it's, I mean, people will really get taken advantage of if they don't know yeah. what they're doing on 47th Street. Do so. you have any tips while we're talking about the Diamond District for a couple who maybe wants to do it themselves mm-hmm. or wants to sort of be much more involved in the process and can't afford a bespoke ring? Like, what are the tips to go to the Diamond District? Do you get a deal if you bring cash? Should you negotiate? Should you not negotiate? You always try to negotiate. Okay. Um, but in I the think, Diamond District. Yes. Okay. In the Diamond District. But you have to, like, know... You have to know what you're doing and who mm-hmm. you're going to. Like, yeah. I would not suggest if you just walk like shop to shop, everyone's yeah. going to be like competing with each other's price and you, they're just so dishonest. Like, yeah. I hate to say it, but you just, yeah. I don't trust them. Yeah. You know, so, I, I get that feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if people want to do it on their own and they're working on a budget, I mean, first of all, I should say that custom is, some people think it's really expensive and it's yeah. not outrageously expensive. It's okay. maybe like 10 to 20% more than, than um, a store-bought item. Yeah. And oh, in wow. some cases, the retails actually are really competitive. Like my price point is significantly lower than a Tiffany's or a Cartier or Winston. Sure. Um, but it's, you know, higher than a Zales or, yeah. you know, for obvious reasons. What is your range? Um, so my custom of... rings usually start around 7500 or $10,000 okay. and go up from there. Depending on the, the cut and then the size yep. and the number exactly. of diamonds. Yeah. The, the cost, I mean, it's very, very challenging to make any Anything for less than like five thousand dollars in custom, mm-hmm. just because there are so many expenses inherent to the process and the way sure. you choose to work. Um, but it really depends on what people want in terms yeah. of size, in terms of quality, and then what people are comfortable spending. And, and I is that to- a base price, even if someone brings you like their grandmother's diamond or you know something like that? If someone gives brings me a diamond, my mountings usually start at forty five hundred dollars. Okay, so it's around that ballpark. Yep. To hang out with you and get a custom <laughs> ring, yeah. you're starting really around five and yeah. up. Correct. Okay, but that's, that's amazing. Thank you. And what does that look like? So walk me through the process. I got engaged. I know, I guess if I got engaged, someone got me a ring. So I'm going to get engaged to someone and I want a custom ring. So I come to you and what is, yeah, what does that look like? I start by just learning more about you Mm -hmm. and your partner. I just, I think that's the best part of working with private clients is that I really get to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with anyone who I decide to work with. I also love that you just said partner. Well, of course. I mean, you know I'm gay, but the reality is... That's beautiful. I, well, thank you very much. And to be totally honest, I would say that regardless. Yeah. I mean, if I you don't I, know. No, not not at all. What yeah. does it matter? A partner is a partner, regardless of anything. Cheers else. to that. Wink. Because that's amazing. <laughs> well, I know we're talking about you. jewelry, but in this ever-evolving world oh. and political landscape, I think it's important to celebrate all kinds of love, and that I makes me could very not happy. Agree more. So, Good. Absolutely. So you'd get to know me and my partner. Yes, and I'd want to understand stylistically what you're interested in, mm-hmm. a bit more about your lifestyle. Just like, are you active? Like there are certain things you want sure. to consider when you're designing a ring. Like yeah. what does this person do with their hands every day? Are they kind on a of... typewriter or on a clay machine? Like what are, exactly. what are they doing? Yep. Okay. Um, and then I try to understand if they have any like non-negotiables. Like do they really want a certain carat weight? Uh, mm-hmm. Are they really in love with a certain shape of diamond? Um, is, is like color or clarity really important to them. Um, and then I like to understand what they're comfortable spending because I help them back into that budget. So okay. it really just becomes, it's like a balancing act. Yeah. So, and I have no interest in trying to upsell people and convince sure. them to spend any more than they're comfortable, but it's yeah. really just so I can weigh what's important to them. And manage um, expectations. Exactly. If you want a huge diamond, we might have yeah. to do ABC a little bit less to exactly. accommodate. 
or you want everything, 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 it's going to yeah, cost this much exactly. money. Got it. Um, so once I have an understanding of what they want um, and who they are as people, I'll then source diamonds for them. So if they live locally, I will actually meet with them physically in person, show them diamonds and oh, let wow. them hand select a diamond with me. Okay. If not, it's, I mean, it's the same process. It's just handled virtually. So I send through a series of photos and videos, um, and specs on all the diamonds, um, and really just walk them through all of them. So okay. that I think is the coolest part where people, it also really helps people understand what they're looking at. Yeah. So I go through to the physically courses, touch it. Yeah. And then you get to see like, Oh, I understand now what color means or yeah. like, Clarity is, you know, I have certain standards that I don't go below anyway, but um, it just helps them understand what they're looking at. And I think it just helps people feel a lot more confident in their purchase at the end of of the day. Of course. Most people don't know what they're doing for obvious reasons. Of course, which is why you have a job or why these larger (laughs) companies exist is because they just don't know. And, you know, if you have these weird, untrusting vibes of the Diamond District to have someone who's tried and true and is going to get you a real diamond... Like, I'm sure there are fake diamonds. Like, I just wouldn't even know where to oh begin. Gosh. Like, I don't know what a real or fake diamond is. Well, it's actually, like, illegal, aside from also being highly unethical, sure. to not disclose certain things when people are purchasing diamonds. But yeah. there are people in the diamond district that will, like, kind of slip in at the end, like, oh, yeah, it's an enhanced diamond. Or it's a, it's like, you. that is so unhonest. Like, yeah. any diamond that I'm showing is a GIA-certified natural, like, man-mind diamond. Yeah. Man-made, man-mind, excuse me, and faceted by hand like yeah. they're what's an enhanced diamond it means like basically cubic zirconium it means probably that they've like fracture filled it so they might have like injected it with some sort of like glass oh, or so resin it's not to, like, pure fill. no yeah and it's like also oh. those the greatest thing about a diamond is that it's like it's carbon and its qualities and characteristics are like it's gonna stay that way for life but yeah. if you start to enhance things by injecting them or filling them like those are unstable properties. So yeah. over time... Like a bad Botox job. <laughs> a terrible Botox job. Over time. Now you're speaking the, my language. The big lips. Yep. The flat forehead. The puffy cheeks. Not a good look. That's yeah, unnatural. <laughs> yep. Okay, that's yep. interesting. And why? where does the need for a diamond come from? Why? Why is that connected with a wedding? And why are people like, I need a diamond? That is a really good question. I'm so embarrassed to say I, I don't even know. I don't, oh, okay. I, I don't even know what the history is of okay. it. Um, I really don't know. I'm sure there's some beautiful story that I will sure. Google and look up after this no podcast. Um, but I do know now that people are kind of just becoming less traditional, which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like a, a flawless diamond is not for everyone. So there okay. are all different ways to kind of express um, you know, how you want to share your life with someone. Yeah. People use colored gemstones now and different cuts of diamonds. Okay. So are you seeing that as a trend with your clients or just in general people are moving away from diamonds or they're doing a diamond plus something else? Or? I think people are just moving away. My, I mean, my clients, I should say, I think are a bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. They uh, want that classic diamond ring. Yes. Yeah. And that's where most of my background is and really where my sure. expertise lies. But there are people doing really interesting things sure. where they're using rose cut diamonds, which I personally love and work with as well. Yeah. Um, or they'll use just like uh, champagne diamonds, mm-hmm. just certain, uh, I mean, it's a little bit less traditional. Sure. But anything's possible. Yeah. So then they see the physical diamond mm-hmm. and then what happens next? And then we design together. So okay. We will um, work through CAD, which is a computer-aided design. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about that is that it allows you to 
build the mounting around the diamond. So that's really the biggest way that I differ from um, other jewelers and even mm -hmm. like large luxury retailers. They're almost always retrofitting a diamond into a mounting. Oh, interesting. Um, but I'm taking the specs, the measurements of that person's exact diamond and building them around, around the it. diamond. Mm -hmm. So, so the diamond bespoke. is the star of the show. It sure is. Okay. She sure is. And then you build mm -hmm. everything around that. Correct. And does CAD give you 3D or just 2D? It gives you 3D. Wow. And it's also like incredibly precise. So there's going to be very even symmetry. Uh -huh. um, and the great thing about it is that it's a photorealistic rendering. So it okay. looks pretty real. Yeah. And it allows people to see the ring from all different angles. So you okay. can kind of understand how high is the diamond going to be off your finger? Sure. What is the shape of the band? What's the width of the band? All these little details that people sometimes overlook. Mm -hmm. But it's the greatest part about customization. Yeah. Control over all these little things that really are what make your ring your ring. Yeah. And I guess what's your philosophy? Sometimes in like interior design philosophy, mm -hmm. it's like put in three, take one away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or put in five, take two away. In is it more is more for diamonds or oh. rings? Or is it sort of like, are you seeing a trend or? I think, um, I think people are kind of gravitating a little bit more towards these, what I'd call accent diamonds. Mm -hmm. So where you still have like one focal or center Large stone. Large diamond, yeah. And then you kind of have these like, um, for example, like a halo that has some variation in it. So not that like traditional uniform halo, but... I'd call it an ornate halo where there's okay. kind of varied sizes. And What's it just, a halo? <laughs> halo is like the diamond border around the diamond. Oh, okay. So, so like big guy in the middle, little guys around. Exactly. Cheerleaders. That, that style has been like <laughs> popular for maybe the last 10 plus years. Okay. So I think people are kind of trying to update that. And I think um, instead of doing really traditional three stone rings where maybe mm -hmm. you'd have like tapered baguettes or traps or trillions on the side. You got you to gotta translate what a tapered <laughs> baguette is because now I'm hungry and I want a sandwich. I should have brought some photos. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, so um, tapered baguettes are just, they're long, skinny, rectangular diamonds. Oh, okay. It's like a, like very, a baguette. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's, that's very jarring, I feel like, on the finger. It's very, very traditional. So I think oh. people are kind of like moving away from that and maybe okay. they'll use just like smaller little accent diamonds. So it's okay. not, it's still like a solitaire, it's still timeless, but it has like a little charm or something. A little edge to it. Exactly. Okay. And how long does your entire, so then from there they see the rendering. Correct. And I'm sure they sign a million things to say, I agree, this mm -hmm. is what I want. <laughs> or we make revisions. I mean, yeah, if they're unhappy. It's very collaborative, right? Sure. So... And then once they have what they're fully happy with, mm -hmm. they sign, and then you go to production. Then we move into the custom process, yes. Okay. So then we print, we cast, and then the jeweler works his magic. What do you mean print? Um, so CAD, the great thing about CAD is that you actually, I mean, without, I'll spare you the details on like all the manufacturing technicalities okay. of all the numbers of ways Yeah, I'll just keep jewelry. drinking over here. Please do. <laughs> but um, the CAD allows you to print a wax. So basically that file that you've created. Like, this yeah, 3D like 3D printing? Mm -hmm. Correct. Wow. Yep. And there are certain that are very specialized for jewelry because if you're you're going to take that wax and Make cast a mold. It. Well, sometimes it allows them to even skip the mold process so they can just cast directly oh. sometimes from that wax. What is the difference between casting and a mold? Because I thought a mold... A mold is like a rubber or silicone... Mm -hmm. um, kind of like a square or rectangular like sandwich so the model yeah, goes in the middle exactly they enclose it mm -hmm. and then they open that and fill that to make the they'll band. keep it closed and they'll what they actually would do is they would inject wax into that mold and oh. well this is for like production so they'll inject sure. wax and they make what's called a tree so it's basically a wax 
piece with all these little different rings in it. Mm-hmm. And they do an investment casting and then they inject the metal into that tree so that you can oh. get like 20 rings at once instead of one. I oh, mean, but my one of those aren't... 20 would be this yes. couple's ring or some ring. Exactly. So they're doing multiple rings right. at the same time. But Otherwise... mine is, we don't, we skip the whole mold process because oh. everything is custom and it's really... Any file that I make is for that client and that client only. Got it. So we cast directly from that okay. wax. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's that's part of actually why custom is slightly more expensive. Sure. I have these two additional steps that yeah. other manufacturing processes just Well, and that in. has to be paid for. Exactly. I mean, and that's sort of, it's always funny in the wedding world when people are like, it's so expensive. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, let's look at what it takes mm-hmm. to make something. If you go buy a ring at Zales or it's Tiffany's, you know, if they're making one ring a thousand times, the cost is definitely lower than one ring. Absolutely. And there are all is, these other variables, like where is it made? Mm-hmm. How is it made? I mean, sure. everything is custom made, if not handmade, in New York City. Wow. And it's like the highest labor rate in the entire world. Period. Plus, I'm working with master jewelers who are fabricating jewelry for Van Cleef and Winston Cartier, et cetera. So yeah. it's, but I feel it truly results in a far superior product, both from an aesthetic and a quality perspective. And it's not like you want to look down at your ring and be like, mm-hmm. oh shit, where did the diamond go? Right. <laughs> like, could you be, imagine? Yeah, that'd be terrible. Which maybe like if you hire someone for cheaper labor or an apprentice yeah. or like, right. but when you hire the best, you get the best. Yeah, you should. But the best generally <laughs> cost a little bit more it money. Does, yeah. And um, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize. So, and then from that point, mm-hmm. there's the fitting. Well, I get their finger size before beforehand. Yep. So that's already yep. all done. So once the custom process in, is in work, we're really just like waiting for the jeweler uh-huh. to do his magic. I see him like three to four times a week. Your so best constantly. <laughs> well, sometimes he does not want to be my best Got friend, it. but I make him. Sure. Um, I'm incredibly nitpicky and annoying, and yeah. he's very patient and tolerant, which yeah. I'm very thankful for. Um, but um, the custom excuse me, the custom fabrication process usually takes about three to four weeks at the most. Okay. And from beginning to end, including the diamond sourcing, the designing, I'm usually working with people for about eight to 12 weeks. Okay, so a couple so, of months. Yeah, it usually ends up being about two months, but mm-hmm. it depends on how clear people are about what they want. Of course, want. how quickly um, they respond, exactly. how so, many revisions. Exactly, and yeah. I've made rings in like a week and a half, which is not ideal, but yeah. under pressure. I mean, you can definitely get things done faster, sure. but... It's just not ideal. You don't no. want to like compromise on quality and all these other Especially things. something that's so pretty. And you did Eliza's ring. I sure did. Oh my God, it's so pretty. I adore her. So I sort of watched her. Eliza's my friend and a fellow planner, and she's engaged. Hi, Eliza. So Amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> so, um, and she was so excited through the Aww. process. I remember she showed me, like, I think they were hand drawings. Possibly. They they look like it. Yeah. They oh, but that's like CAD. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, she, I'm like, Susie is an amazing artist. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I was giving you all this credit, but well, now I know thanks. it's Sorry, CAD. Dirty truth. Okay. So there were like some really beautiful options. <laughs> oh, thanks. She's the absolute sweetest human yeah. being in the world. Yeah. And it was like so beautiful to watch the transformation because she had a ring, right? That's correct. And she wanted it sort of edited, but mm-hmm. using the same metal. Yes. And diamonds. Yes. And you made a totally different ring. We sure did. And it's beautiful. Thank you. And I was sort of so excited to watch her do it. Well, thanks. <laughs> I hope she enjoyed it. It was, yeah. it was fun. It's nice when someone really has an opinion. And yeah. I feel like she knew. Oh, for sure. <laughs> exactly. What she wanted. But that's actually a lot easier. Because yeah. when people don't know what they want, it's just difficult. And you can give options, but it's not your ring. 
Totally. You're not going to wear it for right. the rest of your life. And even if I know someone well, it's yeah. really hard to know someone's taste. For it's sure. incredibly difficult. And so. taste can vary so much. Totally. Are you finding that people are sticking with gold or are we seeing white gold, rose gold? Like where are we going in the metal world? So rose gold has been big over the last probably like three to five years. And the mm-hmm. good thing about engagement rings is that the trends are relatively long lasting. Like rose gold is not going to go out of style tomorrow. It probably, this trend for it will probably last at least 10 years. Like they're pretty long living. Um, so I've, I've definitely noticed that, but I think a lot of people who come to me like yellow gold and I, really? I, I personally love yellow gold. I can I, see you do not, but I that, love it. This is why my face is so, yeah. I can't lie. Like obviously I'm so bad at it, but let's clarify before. Is that the one that's sort of goldy mustardy, like a bright gold? It depends on what the carrot is. Okay. Oh so, really? Yeah, the so, carrot of the gold informs the yes. color as well? Yes. Oh, I thought so, carrot only was about diamond. They're two different carrots and oh. spelled differently. So carrots for diamond is with a C. Uh-huh. Carrots for gold is with a K. Okay. So um, gold in its natural state is 24 carrots. And okay. it's really, really rich sure. yellow gold, um, but it's also really soft. So yeah. they alloy it with other metals to make it stronger, Got which it. is why you get 18 karat gold and 14 karat gold and 10 karat gold and all these different carrots. Oh, interesting. And the mm-hmm. higher the carrot, the higher the price. Correct. And usually like the richer the yellow color is as well. Because that means there's more gold. Exactly. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> but nothing, but no one would have a 24 karat ring because it would just fall off their finger? It wouldn't fall off their finger, but it just would get... It could get like banged up and worn out over time. Got but it. it's a softer. Lot of, it is. A lot of Indian jewelry, though, is actually 22 and sometimes 24 karat gold. Oh, wow. But in America, you don't really find it that often. Do you Eight. have a thought as to why that is? or I think just because people would have qualities with it over Got time. It. So, okay. Um, most, like the, the highest standard typically domestically in the States is 18 karat. That's what I okay. work in primarily if I'm working in It's 18. Mm-hmm. So and 24 is the highest, but you insert all this other stuff to make it stronger. Exactly. And, then and some, no one's mad like the diamond no. because it doesn't affect the product. It strengthens the product. Exactly. Whereas with the diamond, it deteriorates the product over time. So diamond, you want the highest. Yep. Gold, you can settle a little bit. Agreed. Perfect. Okay. I'm I'm figuring this out. I'm taking notes. And this is good for all types of gold, rose, white, or yellow? Correct. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So to get a rose gold, they just insert color? They put copper in there for the yellow color. That's why I love it. So it's copper and gold. Correct. Mm, -hmm. My brain is moving. I mean, I'm not in the market for a ring at the moment, (laughs) but I don't even wear any jewelry actually, but that's fascinating. So it's all mixed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you're working with, um, so in many ways, you're sort of the the middle woman, right? So you're not physically making the ring. You're not sourcing, you're sourcing the diamond, but you're not discovering, mining mining the diamond. I'm not mining the diamond. I'm not fasting the diamond. Got it. You're exactly correct. I'm the middle person. Okay. Um, But I like to think that I'm, there's a lot of transparency in the way that I work with people and that I allow people to be really collaborative and really involved, but I'm yeah. just there as like an expert to kind of help guide them yeah. through the process. And as, I mean, a designer, right? Like yes. you, yeah. you know, what's in trend or what they may love that they may not know that they love. 
Or you can be like, are you sure you want nine huge diamonds on (laughs) that finger? Like you have a very thin finger. Well, that's a great point too. I think because my background is in development and Mm -hmm. and engineering and kind of the more technical side is that I understand very well how jewelry is made. So I can help also know like, is that design going to work? Is it going to be balanced? Mm -hmm. How is it going to fit on the finger? All these things that people just wouldn't know for, yeah. again, for obvious You just have reasons. no idea. Totally. And are you finding, are you getting mostly collaborative couples that come to you? So like they propose with like a cheaper ring just for a proposal and then come to you? Or do you have one half of the couple that comes to you and takes a huge risk and hopes the other half likes it? Almost every client that I work with somehow um, they've been like led to me uh-huh. from someone following my work. Okay. So they're almost always not engaged oh. and they usually have a pretty clear idea of what they want, but That's sometimes they're like, they're usually getting some help either from their partner or from uh-huh. like their partner's sister or something. They, they have like a clue. I okay. think, um, it's, I have had people come to me who don't know what they want or don't know what their partner wants. Yeah. And it's workable, but it's just a little bit a risk. more challenging. It is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't I don't know that person, yeah. so I don't necessarily know. I mean, you know. I could stalk them on Facebook, but right. I'm not going to learn a lot. I, yeah, I, That's the other thing, too. You have to be like a creep because I can't follow these people yeah. when they don't know that a ring's coming. And, and then like, they're going to know, like, oh, Susie Zaltzman right. is following yeah. me now. So it's like, oh, she makes diamonds. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're saying a majority of your rings are surprises. They, I to the person getting it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they 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 know what they want, but it's the actual engagement proposal is a surprise. Got it. And even if the couple comes together, at some point, one of them is almost always exiting. Yeah. So that there is this element of surprise, sure. even if like they know what ring they're gonna get. Got it. They don't know when it's going to be done or how, you know, I see. all the details. So they'll give you like the generals and then be like, surprise me. Totally. But they know. That bitch knows it's coming. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> Most of the time she does. Because I that just... bitch was like, go get that ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to Susie. I want five go carrots. Yeah. I want the white gold and that's yeah, it. Totally. If you check those three boxes, then I might say yes. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe if it's in Paris, I will say yes. Yes. <laughs> that's so fun. It is fun. It's nice. Nice too, then, to be able to work with both people. Yeah. So I know as a planner designer, engagement season is real for me. And I never recommend couples your way because they come to me on step two, right? You're step one, I'm step two. Um, But in that world, I guess my question is sort of like, do you have an engagement season? If I'm getting a lot of inquiries, typically between like Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. Are they coming to you before that so that they can propose? My busiest month is usually October. So I get a lot of people who inquire usually like September, October, November, if people uh-huh. like can't get it together yeah. or late and last minute. <laughs> sure. I had a few people who were like, I want a custom ring in three days. And I'm like, um, I would love to help you, but I it's just, just can't. Not possible. I just can't, right? Yeah. For Valentine's Day? For for Christmas. Like people oh, yeah, like, literally no. I think contact me on like the twenty third of December and I was like, I wish I could. Yeah, but I, I don't wish don't it was that possible. easy. Yeah. I guess also people just don't know, right? There isn't no, information true. out there. And you have to be sensitive to that. Like yeah. you, I don't, I, I, I try to remind myself, even like if there's price resistance or some people sure. want like a three carat diamond for $5,000 and it's like, it, it 
doesn't exist. Yeah. Like it just doesn't exist. I Unless can't... it's that fake one. Exactly. What's it called? Enhanced. <laughs> enhanced or synthetic. Yeah, but nobody enhanced. wants the enhanced. They want the right. best. Exactly. So, Rightfully I mean, so. But, but you, I think you have, you don't have to. I try to make it a point to just remember, like mm-hmm. I've done this for like over a decade, but yeah. people don't know what they're doing or what they're asking for. Yeah. So you have to just be patient and try to teach people. I need to remember that because (laughs) I tend to just be sassy and I'm like, this is what it costs. Do you want it or don't you? (laughs) I like it. Maybe we can each embrace a little bit. A little bit of one of the other because you're right. And part of the impetus for this podcast was there's no information out there. Like people are hiding their pricing. They're hiding their availability. And I get why they do. Things Mm -hmm. change all the time. If it's a needy client or if it's an easy client, if it's a big event, a small event, a Saturday, a Tuesday, the variables are so drastic that it's hard to say like, this is my price. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there should be something out there for people. So they're not just totally like lost in the dark. Yeah, you know? I totally agree. And it's hard. I mean, people don't want to work that way, right? No. Like you can't yeah. just come to me and dive into this whole process. And I'm thinking you're going to spend, you know, $20,000 and you're thinking you're going to spend two, you know, it's like a different you have, world. You have to be upfront. Oh, right away. Or at the least first, just give a bench. The first right? information is money. Like, this be. is what it costs. If we're on the same page, let's yeah. move forward. If we're not, I'll recommend somebody who could potentially help you. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's a really fascinating thing. So you're saying a ring, you started about five. What's like an average cost for a ring? Most of my rings sell for around $15,000. Okay. That's sort of where the median price Most is. Most of them. Yeah. Probably like twelve to $15,000. Okay. But you know, it's interesting because it changes or it varies a lot depending upon where people are oh. in the States. Oh, really? And okay. I have quite a few international clients. Oh, so not even New York. Like people, because you, know, yeah. you can do it digitally. Right. Over, interestingly enough, over 90% of clients I take on don't live in New York. Oh, like, so they you're don't. doing Skype and email. Mm-hmm. Wow, I that's sure fascinating. Ninety percent. Yeah. Okay. I'm really lucky that people, you know, trust me, and the, yeah. the, the, you know, the process is still fun for them. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. What's your most popular country or location? Uh, well, I would say I get I have a lot of people in California. You give me that California really? vibe. Yeah, your apartment's <laughs> not, very California. I'm not even from California. Where are you from? From Chicago. Oh, but you. This Midwest is like girl. very. <laughs> Like chic California oh, vibes. Thank you. And your whole Instagram sort of soft and pretty is very California. So that oh, doesn't surprise me. On a day like today, I am definitely daydreaming <laughs> of being in California for a week yes, like we've had. I agree. Sometimes yes. I'm like, Joe, why did you leave California? A beautiful oh. beach town for Wait, what part snow. Are you, what city are you from? From Orange County, from San Clemente. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh. It's beautiful and the beach is lovely, but it's like a lot of Republicans and like enough said. I yeah. get, I get it. I yeah. believe too. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with Republicans yeah. if they're okay with like if, if we have enough in common. But yeah. I find it's it. hyper conservative and just doesn't fit. Yeah, me. And you, um, you've been in New York for how long now? Almost a decade. Amazing. It's weird to say that out loud. Congrats. Like. Ten You're years. like an official New Yorker. I know. I guess that's what they say. Maybe I should have a big like I'm a New Yorker party. Oh my god! Please, with do. martinis and pizza. I oh cannot. Wait. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll do that. I, I mean, I like to throw an event. It's true. <laughs> really, that's shocking. <laughs> um, okay, so we covered your background. We covered your process. Mm-hmm. We covered your pros- your price point. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want listeners to know about you and your company? And I would just. I mean. I, Everything that I make is very ethically sourced, and okay. I think sometimes it can be really important to people, sure. and I kind of sometimes glaze over it, like it's not highlighted on my um, 
your website, website because or anywhere. I, really yeah. because I just feel like in this day and age, everyone should be working that way. So it's not really something to be boastful. But that's a big assumption because people yeah. want to feel, they'll, they'll brand to feel ethically responsible or nature forward, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So you are. What does that mean am. in like for gold, for diamonds, for like wages, or what does sure. that mean in this so industry? So it means that all of our, all the gold, all the platinum, any metal that we use is all recycled, and in that, excuse me, that the process is really just done as cleanly and as purely as possible without harming, okay. with minimal harm to the environment. Okay, just taking like extra precautions. Yeah, in how you work and um, and how people are treated. Sure, in the working conditions. Who are sourcing those materials? Exactly. So you'll um, be able to mm-hmm. tell a couple exactly where their metal and diamond came from if they you wanted to know. You can tell them like roughly where it comes from. Sure. It's dip- so with diamonds, it's it's very difficult to know the exact origin unless mm-hmm. you have. Um, like there, there are Canadian mines where they come with a Canadian certification, but, okay. but not other countries outside of do that, that. No, they don't. Oh, interesting. But it actually, there was this like, all this talk of these blood diamonds and conflict. I was going to ask you about that. It didn't seem like appropriate or cute, but it, I feel like let's talk about Here it. Here it is. What well, is a blood diamond? Well, probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it was like a really, I mean, they had that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and it was just that's really... That's what I remember. Exactly. That's what everyone remembers. Um, so it was a really big deal. Um, and it was great because it really educated people on like the dirty, not glamorous parts of this industry that, you know, it's important for people to know if they're purchasing something, they're kind of arguably like funding conflict and terrorism and you don't want that. So Not at all, of course. They've since put all these several processes into place, one of which is the Kimberly process and it actually is very difficult now to to import diamonds or to to obtain diamonds that are funding conflict in, oh, in that's third great. world countries. It is so they great. make it more challenging to do that. Yes, like it's just a very difficult thing to do. But I follow a really rigid chain of custody and I'm very mm-hmm. very lucky with my suppliers. I know that they're all just like vetted really reliable resources. Sure. Um, so, But that's, that's huge because you don't want to be wearing something that sort no. of symbolizes love and happiness totally. and family when it came from something of the total opposite origin. Totally. And in this day and age, I think people want to buy something where they at least know something about the product, right? Yeah. There's all this like transparency with like sure. manufacturing. And so I try to be as transparent with that as I can. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting important. to know that diamonds aren't like trackable, that it's not something it's very that generally, I guess it's not a highly regulated industry. Is that a correct statement? Well, it's just that there are, the rough comes from so many different mines and then they're cut in huge cutting facilities. And it's just to track all of those would just be... Without putting something in it, which you yeah. can't because it's so little. Exactly. And it's just like, I think just not worth it. You kind sure. of just set up these rules that people need to follow uh, worldwide and then it kind of like omits that fear or worry yeah. of like what is this, what is this funding get. something that I don't want to be funding yeah if somebody's interested in getting engaged or having a custom design ring do you love or hate Pinterest I wish I was better at Pinterest okay I, I love it in theory yeah um I just I don't <laughs> I don't like know how to use it that well, which is kind yeah. of embarrassing. But I mean, like for clients, like if I, they come to you with mm-hmm. a full board, helpful oh or my not gosh, helpful? So helpful. Okay. So, uh, yes. Thanks for clarifying yeah. the question. It is 
super helpful. Okay. And I think sometimes it's actually really helpful also to know what people hate. Of course. So it's like you want to know what they love and then like, oh, I hate like how heavy this is or like the prongs uh-huh. on this because there are so many details. Yeah. So, so if you think you're about to get engaged or you, um, meaning you're going to receive the ring, what are some things that you could talk about in conversation that would make it feel like natural, like guiding your partner in the right way? Like what are some easy conversations that could be helpful for a surprise engagement ring? I think, well, I want to know the finger size, which is always like the trickiest thing to do to without find. totally giving it away. Because there's no trick to that. You have to go no, try and rings go size and it or get a finger size. Or someone has to take a ring that maybe she wears on that finger, which is not very many people wear a ring yeah. on their ring finger on their left hand. Um, I think it's just important in general to know like what her style is. And almost... Anyone who is anticipating some sort of proposal mm-hmm. is like dreaming about this yeah. as they're dreaming about like their planner Everything and beyond their that. dress. Yeah. Right. So nowadays I think it makes it a lot easier for people to kind of do that in private without sure. like their partner really knowing that they're doing yeah. that. Um, but there are ways to kind of like uncover it and find it. Okay. Back in the day, I'm like, I don't away. know what people did. Like, yeah. you either have to go shopping together and totally know. Or they just accepted what they got. That's very true. Because the internet didn't exist. You know what? So you didn't know what other people got. You're All you knew is what you received. Mm-hmm. Today, it's like people get engaged. It goes on Instagram or yeah. Facebook or Twitter and it's all about, like, look what I got. Is it better than what you got? Yeah. In some weird way. Or is it different? Is it special? Yeah, and is I, it unique? I, yeah, and I get that. I mean, yeah. Well, you're in the business of unique. Like, that's <laughs> what you do. So if someone says, Susie, you made this ring. I love it. I want the same ring. Um, You know, there are styles that are my design sure. that I've definitely repeated. Everything is custom, meaning it's, like, really... Everything is slightly different because no two sure, diamonds are tailored, the same. Sure, it's tailored, yeah. So either the carat weight changes or maybe the size of the accent diamonds change or maybe mm-hmm. the shape of the band changes. So we always start from scratch. I mean, yeah. Even if we have a design that we're replicating, the actual CAD or the model that's going to hold this diamond is always built from scratch. Got it. Because um, they're not the same right, anyway. exactly. They're sim- they could be very similar yes. in, in style, but yes. not the yeah. same. Perfect. Well, where can people find you if they want to mm-hmm. see your beautiful work? If people want to find me, they can check me out on Instagram at Susie Saltzman. And you should follow Saltzman with a T, Saltzman. Correct. (laughs) Susie with an S, S U S I E. Yeah. Um, And my website, which is, again, just my name, susiesaltzman.com. Okay, perfect. And we will post a bunch of photos on our website, joeofmyervents.com slash podcast, of some of your, maybe that first ring you did. I'd love to. And then some of your favorites and some trends. Um, It's been so much fun. Thank you so much. I love this. You are so welcome. I'm so happy. Me too. Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have any feedback or you want to hear about any particular wedding planning advice or anything uh, you want us to talk about, make sure to send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jovemeyerevents. We want to hear what you're loving. We want to hear what you want to hear more of. And also, if you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us. We would love a five-star rating and a review. Every great rating is truly appreciated. Until next time. Weddings-ish! The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. If you need an amazing wedding band, make sure to check them out. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish!
Parabéns, o Arangzesh.